0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the El Dorado Charter Self A Bright Spots podcast where we highlight experts in the field of education and charter schools who are doing timely and innovative work with students across the state of California. Today, we will be discussing reopening, learning loss, and English learners with our special guests from the Imperial County Office of Education and San Diego Global Vision Academy. I'm your host, program specialist, Jeremiah Witten, and I'm joined by my co-host, program coordinator, Moises Buhane. How are you, Moises? Doing really well, Jeremiah. I'm really excited about our
1: debut episode of Bright Spots. I mean, Jeremiah, as you know, as educators, the profession can be pretty demanding at times, and it's always great when you take a moment to showcase what's going well. Speaking of what's going well, I'm really excited to introduce our first guest, Vanessa Lopez from Imperial County SELPA. We've had the privilege of having Vanessa and her dynamic team with Deborah and Lupita present to our charter partners on English learners with disabilities. I've gotten to know Vanessa pretty well over the last year, but Vanessa, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what do you do?
2: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm a program specialist here at Imperial County SELPA, and as my sister. As mentioned, I'm part of a grant work that's based on improving outcomes for English learners with disabilities. I partner up with uh, Debbie Montoya and Lupita Olguin-Rubio, and uh, together, the three of us comprise this small but mighty uh, team that is uh, committed to improving outcomes for English learners with disabilities.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. Really excited to learn more about what you're doing. For me, uh, early in my career, I started, I didn't really have a solid understanding of self-care and it really cost me a lot professionally and personally. What's one thing you wish you knew when you first started out your career in education?
2: Definitely agree with the self-care and along those lines, um, just don't sweat the small stuff. Just being able to let go of the little things and focus on the important thing, whatever that important thing may be, uh, is critical
1: Yeah, that's good advice. I mean, with your career spanning different positions, teachers, school psychologists, and now with your team, as really California Department of Education's content lead in the area of English learners with disabilities, give us some insight into some of the common challenges schools are experiencing right now.
2: The larger challenges um, to me and in my communication with practitioners out in the field has been providing all of the necessary supports and how do we ensure that these are being accessed and implemented. Um, It's important to remember also that the current situation has really just highlighted the issues of inequity and access, lack of access for some of our students. And that's further compounded by specific disability related needs, English language proficiency needs and the intersection of these two. What I want us to remember is that Absolutely. There are ways to support meeting the needs of students in whichever mode it is that you're using. So for example, just thinking of my own two children, um, I have a 10 year old son who is on the autism spectrum. So just watching how the daily structure that his classroom teacher uh, has provided for him embedded Interesting, though, not just for him, for the entire student population. So he's not singled out, right? So she provides all these visual schedules, supports, embedded breaks, snack times that allow him and his peers to really have that ability to clear their mind, that ability to really follow and complete tasks that require some executive functioning skills. Um, These are all embedded and built in, a very UDL approach to what it is that she's doing daily. On top of that, just instructional videos, right? That are used for asynchronous time, but in his uh, situation and other peer situation, they have access to these videos at all times. So they serve as a reteaching tool as well, as well as um, just a means of accessing contact and access to the classroom teacher when she is not available for those synchronous sessions.
1: I think we could both agree that with your son's classroom and his teacher and even your experience as a parent, that's a bright spot as well. What other resources would you recommend to educators and families on how we can better support students struggling with learning loss, um, English language development, or both?
2: Well, yes, thank you for bringing that up. We have a variety of resources available in the Imperial County SELPA website. Our grant work is housed within this website and you can access it at icoe.org backslash SELPA backslash EL dash SWD. You will find a variety of resources there from training modules, upcoming training opportunities, and newsletter and highlights. Amongst our resources, we have access to the California Practitioner's Guide, which is really the anchor to the majority of our work. The frequently asked questions that are contained within the Practitioner's Guide, Resources related to the EL roadmap, ELD standards and framework, Padlets, videos, and other supports, as well as LPAC and SPAC specific resources and our infographics. Our infographics cover a variety of topics from aligning and designing instruction for students who are dually identified to aligning strategies for English learners with evidence based practices for students who have. Uh, been diagnosed or who have been identified as being on the autism spectrum.
0: Thank you so much. And our listeners will be able to access that link in our show notes as well. What advice, Vanessa, would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours?
2: You definitely have to love what you do. You have to have a love for students. And I know we're not supposed to say love, but it really comes down to that. It requires a special type of commitment to really do the work. Um, and doing the work isn't necessarily job related. Every single individual who I know that I've come in contact with that works with students with disabilities, students who are dually identified, students in general, by and large, are committed and love every single one of their students. So... That's the number one thing that uh, needs to be in place. Everything else you can learn and you can get support. I mean, I think back to my very first year and I'm overwhelmed with the desire to call back every single one of those students and apologize for (laughs) some of the things that I did. Um, I really, really do. I'm being absolutely honest. Um, What got me through it was that love of students of my career choice and then absolutely the support that I received along the way I mean this has been years in the making and just be involved be curious be a benevolent irritant I've been given that title by many a folk that have worked with me and just get your nose in somebody else's business, learn about English learners, learn about uh, curriculum, learn about all these different things so that you become a well-rounded individual that can meet the needs of all of our students.
1: Yeah, you hit on something really special, Vanessa, as far as staying curious, and I know that's always been a passion for you, equity and excellence. You're presenting with us pretty soon. Uh, Tell us more about this training coming around the corner. Give us a teaser of what Uh, registrants can expect to hear at this next scheduled webinar.
2: So in our next scheduled webinar, it's part two of our pre-referral, referral and the IEP process. So we're going to be looking a little bit more in depth at that exact situation, right? What it looks like. What does a pre-referral activity look like? What resources are available in the practitioner's guide that we can use to really help build our understanding and just remembering that The Practitioner's Guide really wants you to take the whole student into account, right? We're culturally and linguistically sensitive. We are looking at every single dimension of identity. We are looking at students as bringing in a variety of assets. We're being assets-based, not deficits So approaching the pre-referral and the referral process through this lens is one of the things that we pride ourselves in because then that helps develop an IEP program. If the student is found to be eligible, that really is student centered. You know, the proverbial I and IEP is the individual. Just um, looking at it through that lens is what we will definitely be walking through in our time together in April, April 19th, I believe.
0: Thank you so much for that. For our last question, we have a very serious one. What is something that has happened in recent months at work that made you smile?
2: So many things. So today I'm back at my office. We started going back into our office uh, about two weeks ago, just walking in that first day and just seeing all of us make a mad rush to hug each other, but freezing right before we hugged each other made me smile because we're like, oh, social distance. You know, like we can't touch, we can't come close. It was a little sad, but it made me smile because our initial reaction was just to run towards each other. And, um, but just remembering that we couldn't and just seeing, you know, like a lot of us in our high heels, just learning to walk in high heels again, you guys, has been a challenge in and of itself. And that was worthy of a laugh too, just to see us hobbling along in in, in high heels after a long time of not being on them.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today, Vanessa. We're so excited that you had this chance and this moment to share all your expertise with us and doing some really good work. We're so happy to have you as part of our team.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: That was definitely inspiring. I'm really looking forward to diving into some of those Imperial SELPA resources for ELs. As we move forward with our episode today, we're excited to have our next guest join us from San Diego Global Vision Academy, a very special charter school in San Diego, California. Executive Director Christine Kane and Director of Academic Achievement Valentina Banner have graciously agreed to spend some of their valuable time speaking with us today. Welcome, Valentina and Christine. Valentina
1: and Christine, tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and what you do.
3: Well, we are both, this is Christine, we're both founding members of San Diego Global Vision Academy, and this is our 10th year in operation. Um, We're interesting in that we're both administrators, but we've had extensive backgrounds as teachers. And so we have, I have 21 years teaching grades first through up to college. Um, Valentina has from 15 years of grades, third through eighth grade, and we're both really passionate about equity and social
4: justice. And
3: also belong to the San Diego Area Writing
4: Project. And hi, I'm Valentina Banner. I am the Director of Academic Achievement at SDGVA. And as part of my role, I oversee the English Language Development Program and our Response to Intervention Program. And like Christine mentioned, I'm also part of the San Diego Area Writing Project. I'm a teaching consultant. So I work with schools around the county in professional development settings.
0: That is so awesome and uh, I've also done MTSS and SST at District before I moved on to the Charter SELPA and that work is so important as well and really leads into our topic. Valentina, our first panelist shared that equitable access to resources and supports is a big challenge for English learners and students with disabilities. Uh, This equity gap has kind of like widened during COVID-19. So uh, San Diego Global Vision has a reputation for innovation, especially regarding those those particular student populations. Can you share a little bit about your programs and what you're doing at SDGVA uh, to help support students with disabilities in the ELs?
4: Absolutely. So the past four or five years, we've been working on our multi-tiered system of supports or MTSS for short. And in that framework, we really aim to provide tiered supports and interventions in both academics and social-emotional learning and behavior for all students. So it really starts with a strong tier one, which is that high-quality good first instruction for all students. And from there, we move to some targeted supports for some of our students who might need to learn in a different way or might need more supports in a small group setting or maybe they might meet with an instructional associate. And then beyond that, our few targeted interventions is for a smaller population of students where they might be getting additional one-on-one or some creative supports. So Christine and I really work as a team to review every single student's role in the multi-tiered system of supports in addition to that our focus this year through the san diego county office of education has been in a program called mtss collaborative we've been working with a group of our educators to really focus on the progress of our english learners specifically in mathematics And that came out of a deep data dive that we conducted with our educators this year. And through that work, we've specifically focused on how English learners are accessing mathematics. So that has been progressing through coaching with our educators, through observations, and through daily data collections. And in that program, Teachers are really thinking about what are the norms that are set up in the classroom to encourage risk-taking. How can students engage in specific dialogue protocols and really take ownership of using the language of mathematics? And of course, in our MTSS program, we always follow the motto that What's essential for some is good for all. So although we are focusing on our English learners, we know that this is providing equity and access for all students to access grade level content.
3: I would like to add in addition to, I think one of the things Tina and I have really made a conscientious decision about is how to unite general education and special education as a united team. They're often seen as separate teams on site. And one of the things we've worked hard is about how do you create that cohesiveness where everyone sees the student is surrounded by an entire team. One thing that team members have told us is that if we, um, and as a professional development site that really honors professional development, if we know it's important, we have to make dedicated time on the clock for it, which is not easy to do. And so it takes a lot of rearranging of schedules and times to make this coordinated effort, but we have collaborative meetings set up between general educators, ed specialists, and our ELD team. And when they come together, they specifically think about students that they're serving on their caseloads. And from a variety of different perspectives, which could include needs that are being met for special education purposes, the dual portion of their English language needs that are being met. And then how is the general education teacher really supporting them holistically across the board? And I think that was really important to say. On top of it, our professional development um, framework really looked at that huge document, the California Practitioner's Guide for Educating English Learners with Disabilities is immense, like huge. And what we did is we spent an entire year as a book club on that really dissecting into chunks of it and coming more so to look at students we really serve and how does this information apply in real terms, in real life. And that was probably the most hands-on experience, realistically, that we could offer our team.
1: Can you share a few key resources that SDGVA educators and families are currently accessing to support students struggling with learning loss, English language development, or both?
4: Of course, our educators have had access to professional development this year that helps them support students in both the on-site program and the distance learning program. And some of those resources include ongoing professional development with Project GLAD, which is Guided Language Acquisition Design, which uses research-based strategies to support English learners in all content areas. In addition, our educators have been working with Dinah Brown and the San Diego State CGI Collaborative for ongoing math support which again really uh, puts together the language of mathematics with that productive struggle. For our families, we have included distance learning bags in our online program, which provides access to any learning materials that students might need at home. So that could be large print books or hands-on items. It might be paper for occupational therapy needs. And access to programs such as Imagine Learning, which are geared for the development of language and language acquisition. And it comes in that student's language. So if they need um, Spanish, because that's their home language, or French, they can access that through those online programs. And we've ensured to show families how they can access those programs at home and provided motivational charts for students to feel really excited about using those programs. And we've also provided devices for students to access those programs while they're at school or learning at home.
0: The good news there is uh, even for families, for students, teachers, educators across California who might be listening now uh, that aren't part of SDGVA's organization, uh, you're going to be able to access all of the resources or many of the resources that they're tapping into in the show notes for this episode. So make sure you check that out. Real quickly here, I want to make sure we touch on reopening. Can you share some bright spots or challenges you've had to overcome during your reopening phase after having had your schools closed due to the COVID-19 crisis for almost a year now?
3: One of the interesting bright spots we've learned about the distance learning because special education and ELD services to not cross-contaminate and create a stable cohort have been virtual regardless of where those students are in their format, in-person or distance learning. One of the nice things that we have illuminated in this global pandemic is that families who would otherwise not have access to specialists on our site, listening to their activities, listening to their strategies, listening to the way they articulate, maybe a prompt, have articulated to us at parent-teacher conferences that they're heartened by being able to listen to specialists from our ELD team, guide English language learning also, from special education, being able to actually understand what occupational therapists or speech therapists are doing. And that's something that we should really like think about. How do we keep the good stuff that we have really learned from this pandemic that actually ties in parents, like being part of that homeschool connection and not this magical place they send their students to or their children to and come back, um, you know, in, in some ways enriched? but how did they also know how to help their students when they're at home too?
1: Well, there's a lot to be proud of right there. Speaking of that homeschool connection, what's one thing that's made you smile at work in the past weeks?
3: Um, I think that, in fact, we've been open since Monday, October 5th. We've had zero transmission because we are to fidelity with health and safety protocols. That means no transmission stakeholders from student to student, staff to staff, or likewise student to staff or vice versa. And there's just this, if I told you my bright spot is like in the land of vaccinations have really calmed down the adults who took courage and bravery to show up since October and just recently are been able to, um, you know, get a, a vaccination and feel much more calm on site when they come to work. And then I would say that for children, um, the fact that we just today um, opened recess for the first time in a short 10-minute period was probably the most euphoric joy we've witnessed um, from this whole pandemic year. And the fact they're still willing to keep it really tight, um, follow the protocols, make sure their masks are on, make sure they're keeping each other safe, but still actually get to go out and play recess, I think that was one of the brightest spots that we have seen.
4: Yep, and I would say my time to smile was the celebration of completing all of our summative LPAC assessments this spring. With our commitment to equity, we wanna ensure that English learners have the opportunity to reclassify despite a global pandemic. And so it was definitely an entire staff-teamed effort to bring students who haven't been on campus in a year on campus to be able to take all four domains of that summative LPAC assessment so that they could really do the best that they could and have that opportunity to reclassify. And even through crisis schooling last spring, we were able to complete all of our summative LPAC assessments for last year and reclassify 11 students and celebrate that amazing progress that they had. So for me, that was a prideful moment for those students and families.
1: Well, Christine and Valentina, I would agree. Just so many bright spots that are happening at Senia Global Vision Academy. We're so honored to have you as our guest today and our listeners. Uh, definitely get to access all the show notes and just everything that you're doing so well. Uh, thank you again for joining us today. And we're just so excited to hear everything that's going on. Thank you.
4: Thank you so, thank you so much for having us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Bright Spots podcast and special thanks to Vanessa, Valentina, and Christine for joining us to share this important information on best practices for supporting English learners and students with learning differences in our school communities. Just as a reminder, the Imperial County SELPA website has a host of incredible resources regarding English learner education and all of the things Vanessa shared with us today. Feel free to visit ICOE.org forward slash SELPA. To access our new Charter SELPA guide for calculating learning loss, please visit the COVID-19 updates and resources section of our website at charterselpa.org or see the show notes for more information. If you live in the San Diego area and are interested in learning more about San Diego Global Vision Academy, you can find their website at sdgva.org. You can definitely subscribe to the Charter SELPA's Bright Spots podcast on the iPhone podcast app and Spotify. Feel free to leave a five-star review if you liked our episode today. Myself, Moises, our guests, and the entire El Dorado Charter Selva team wish you a wonderful day. Thanks again for listening.